Welcome back. On Sunday, we launched our study of Paul's epistle to the Philippians with a background introductory lesson and then our coverage of verses 1 and 2, promising to continue with verse 3 today. Now, it is important to remember as we study Philippians that the Apostle Paul was not a free man. He was being held at the time he wrote this. You know, many letters written from prison show depression, express grief, contain complaints, and maybe appeals for quick release, not Paul. The Apostle Paul knew that this was happening to him and good could come from it. He says in verse 11 that actually his presence there served to advance the gospel. So this is not a typical letter from a prisoner. We're going to continue now in Philippians chapter 1 at verse 3. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so... Be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Here's where I want to begin our study. There is never a time in life, never any situation, when there is reason to withhold gratitude from God. One of the obvious evidences of being a real disciple of Christ is the consistent expression of gratitude, even in unpleasant and painful circumstances. So let's just start with that point in Philippians 1, 3 through 11. Let's just start there. Paul was suffering in terms of physical circumstances, and restrictions against his freedom of movement, but he was not restricted in expressing his gratitude to God. You read through Philippians and there is no evidence of depression, no complaints, no ranting or calls for revenge, no appeals to sneak in and break him out. An apostle of Christ in prison, and he says, I thank my God. There is never a time in life when gratitude to God can justly be withheld. In fact, maintaining a pure heart of gratitude to God will give us strength when discouragement might 
otherwise make an entrance into our hearts. So that's the way this begins in Philippians 1, starting in verse 3. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. One of the delightful aspects of Philippians is this close, warm relationship of Paul toward these Christians in Philippi. He had a very close relationship with these people, and that's impressive. It was such a relationship with such good common experience. Every time Paul thought about them, he was thankful to God. Let's be honest. Sometimes when the names of certain people come up, we do not have pleasant memories. There was something they did, some offense or conflict or disagreement or ugly moment. The name comes up or the group comes up in conversation or memory, and our first thoughts are not favorable. When Paul remembered the Christians in Philippi, it was with joy and gratitude to God. What a refreshing and valuable model for us today in our thinking to nurture these good relationships and be thankful to God for good people, no matter if we're in a circumstance that might be unpleasant. And this wasn't a temporary or a momentary thought. Verse 4, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. Again, what are you hearing there? In these words, we are hearing the rich and pleasant relationship Paul had with these good people. His memory of them brought to his mind gratitude and joy because, he gives a reason here, of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. They stood by Paul. They helped him in so many ways. One way is they supported him. We're going to discover more about this over in chapter 4, verses 16 through 20. Let's go ahead and read that because it gives us an idea of that close relationship and tells us about one aspect of it. Philippians 4, 16 through 20. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. See, this was part of that close relationship between Paul and the Christians in Philippi. And I want, to, want us to notice this. The evidence is while they provided monetary support for Paul, that wasn't the only basis of their fellowship. It was one expression of it. Their fellowship was based on their joint participation with God through Jesus Christ. Paul and the Philippians shared relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Had they been unable to support Paul, the relationship 
would still have been rich spiritually and personally. But as a product of their unity in Christ and their devotion to the spread of the gospel, they did their best to provide for the needs of Paul. Therefore, when he remembered them, he remembered all of this, not just part of it. He was led to gratitude and joy for the gifts, but most of all for the givers, and all of this to the glory and praise of God. Now, Paul writes all of this with a level of certainty when he speaks of his relationship with God and their relationship with God and the interchange of all that. Paul was certain what God had started in Philippi in the people and in himself God would bring to completion. Verse 6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. God doesn't start with people and then forget about them, drop them, or walk away from them. Talking about God's real people who love him and serve him, that work will be brought to completion. Our lives with God and God's people is taking us toward a certain good eternal reunion. This shows the depth of Paul's trust in God, and it should be the depth of our trust in God as well. Stay with God, and he will stay with you, and it will all turn out great, greater than we are able to imagine. I'm going to move now to verse 7. It is right for me, Paul said, to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. I want us to understand there were some who abandoned Paul. When the heat of persecution burned intensely, there were some who walked away. You remember 2 Timothy 4? Paul said there were some who walked away as persecution became more extreme. Paul had great confidence in the Christians in Philippi because they stood with Paul, both in his imprisonment and in the defense of the gospel. They were with Paul in prayer, in support. This was a pleasant, healthy, valuable relationship that was based on their mutual reception of God's grace in Christ. So let's listen again, Philippians 1, 3 through 7. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel, from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment 
and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Let's go ahead now and read 8 through 11. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That was Philippians 1, 3 through 11. And we're concerned the next few minutes now with verses 8 through 11. I've said so many times, Paul was not a mechanical robotic dispenser of instruction. I want to say that again. I've said so many times, Paul was not a mechanical robotic dispenser of instruction. He certainly was inspired of God to teach and preach and write this message. I believe Paul got every word right, but he was also a real person, a man with feelings, with a heart, with strong attachments to people. He said to the Christians in Philippi, with God as his witness, I yearn for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. I long for you. He loved them with the love of Christ. His affection for them was like the affection of Christ for his disciples. It was modeled after the affection and sincerity of Christ. If you have the King James, the reading there may sound archaic and crude, but it is the way people then express the depth of their affection. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you in the bowels of Jesus Christ. It was deep. This is more of what we've been talking about earlier, the rich and close relationship between Paul and the Christians at Philippi. Now, the Christians at Philippi were not finished growing. No Christian, while still alive, is finished growing. Paul says, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Every Christian is capable of doing more, doing better, making progress in love, which is governed by knowledge and controlled by good discernment. Paul never left this out. When writing to any group or individual, there was always the presence of growth as an imperative. Do better. Move closer to God. Don't let your spiritual life stagnate. Abound more and more, verse 10, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. When, when our love grows accompanied by an increase in knowledge and discernment, the result is we approve the things that are excellent. Now, I want to say that again. 
When our love grows accompanied by an increase in knowledge and discernment, the result is we approve the things that are excellent. You know, some things deserve our approval and praise. Some things require disapproval. We cannot just approve of things and disapprove of other things by whim, at random, or based on the emotion of the moment. Christians should be growing in love, knowledge, discernment, so that we approve the right things. This is important because of our intention to be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. Paul wanted the Christians in Philippi, and it should be our purpose as well, to be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. When my love grows in the right direction through knowledge from God that enables discernment, not only do I avoid offending Christ, but also I'm able to pack into my life this good, healthy filling. The fruit of righteousness simply means the outward products of inwardly being filled, being right with God inside. We are able to be right with God inside through Jesus Christ, and it fills our lives with what is good. All of this we're looking at here should cause us to thank God, to glorify Him, and praise Him in heart, tongue, and life. It's time for my wrap-up. And for my wrap-up, I want to concentrate, you'll see on the screen there, seven words. I'm going to go through each one of them. I derive this from the text we have just finished in Philippians 1. Gratitude. Telling God and others how you appreciate the blessings you receive by grace. It is a duty, but beyond that, a natural, affectionate outcome when your heart is right to be grateful. Grateful to God and grateful to others. An absence of gratitude, therefore, is a signal of spiritual danger. Prayer is our communication to God through Jesus Christ, that is also more than a duty, a frame of mind that finds expression in our hearts daily. Fellowship should not be confused with donuts and coffee, with social contact only. It is relationship with God and his people in all the good ways that relationship can be maintained and developed according to the New Testament. The gospel is the good news God has revealed that in Christ we can be saved and taken to heaven. Abound. Abound or abounding. That's about our involvement in growth and development, drawing nearer to God, living a life of progress in being disciples of Christ. Knowledge is what we are able to know when we open our minds to absorb God's word, discernment 
is that skill that knowledge gives us to know what is right and what is wrong and to be guided through life by such knowledge and discernment. What deserves our approval? What demands our resistance? Knowledge from God's word enables us to abound in that kind of discernment. Thank you so much for being with us in this study of Philippians from chapter 1. Join us again when we continue.